Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Caught at the 20. Racing near sideline 10. Turn of the 5. Touchdown Raiders. The crowd applauds because Las Vegas just win, baby. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. My man Gizmo hit us up on the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword r I said, Q, I just took a nap in a room with fully blacked out curtains and earplugs. The dream was Aaron Rodgers lifting the Lombardi in silver and black next year. I just can't visualize some rookie doing the same thing. We are in win-now mode. It's showtime. Let's go Raiders. That's from Gizmo. Appreciate that text, my man. Uh, also, Mailman Raiders said, 10000 a night for a hotel room? Q, might want to start thinking of renting out one of those rooms at your house for about 8800 a night. Best deal in town, laughing my ass off. You're not wrong. We had Mick Akers on in the last hour talking about uh, the expectations for people to come to town and what the you know room situation is going to be like. Of course, Las Vegas has plenty of hotel space. And, man, he started talking about some of the prices, and the first thing that went through my mind was, can I turn my house into an Airbnb? How much could I get paid for that, right? <laughs> Do I got someone's house I can stay at? Maybe we could split, we could split it like Vegas Jess. Make some room, Jess. We're coming over for the week. <laughs> We're renting out the crib. We'll split the money with you. That's a hell of an investment right there. That's a businessman. Talk about businessman. Good stuff. But yeah, that's man, that's exactly what I was thinking when he started saying those prices. I was like, damn, that is gonna be a lot of money for some hotel rooms. And I guarantee what's going to happen is there's gonna be some media members, probably some of my old friends from like Central Texas. Like Paul Catalina or David Smoker Company be like, Q, 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 what's the chances I can stay at the house? What's the chances I can stay at the house for the week? I guarantee that happens. You're going to say no to Paul? Paul's a fun guy. I know. They all are. <laughs> and that's what they know. But you know the one guy that'll hustle it? The one guy that'll make it happen? Because he's done it before and he'll be like, man, I'll stay on the couch. It's all good. Foss. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you already knew where I was going. Foss has hustlers screaming all over his face, right? Man, I got some problems. It's going to be next year, though. We're not worried about next year. Right now, though, joining us on the phone lines is our good friend who we actually ran into down on Radio Row in Phoenix is Gilbert Manzano. And Gilbert, Gilbert, thanks so much for your time this afternoon, my man. I do appreciate you. And put out this tweet, gmanzano24 on Twitter. I'm thrilled to share that today is my first day as NFL staff writer for SI Now, the Monday morning quarterback. I have many emotions because it's been a long road to get to this point, but dreams come true. Congratulations on the new job, man. Tell us about it. How did it all come about? Yeah, what's up, Q? First of all, good to see you and good to be on the show. And thank you for letting me kind of share, you know, this uh, pretty cool experience for me in my career and my life. And, uh, yeah, you know, it was it was a, a pretty lengthy process. You know, about it took about two months. You know, I, you know I, I'm, I'm a person that doesn't like to, to jinx anything. So, you know, I kept the, the interview to my tight circle there. Uh, you know, I didn't want to be like LeBron James, you know, making a long announcement where I'm going, <laughs> but it, just the way it worked out. But it, it was a lot of interviews and a very competitive job. And, you know, uh, you know, try to stay positive, but then you talk to people who are your mentors or anybody who's been in the business for guidance. But, uh, yeah, it's been pretty, pretty surreal, Q, because I've known for a while. And, you know, they, they were kept telling me, hey, you know, keep it a secret, keep it a secret, don't tell anybody. Uh, but to finally tell people uh, was very cool for me. And just to, you know, look back at my journey, man, I, you know, I, I started, you know, I started on this path when I was in college. I was grinding, man. I, I, was, I was a Pizza Hut driver. <laughs> I was a shoe salesman at Famous Footwear. 
and I was a sports editor at the, at the campus paper, and then on the side, I freelance for high school sports. So, uh, you know, 10-plus years in the making to get here and uh, to be a Mexican-American and do it, uh, it's all coming together and filled with emotions and pretty surreal. Yeah, I have no doubt. And that's why I wanted you to come on so you had an opportunity to kind of share your, your journey and share your story. And, you know, it could be inspirational for someone else. So, I mean, you're part of the Monday Morning Quarterback umbrella, man. That's a big deal. So what exactly are, are you doing? Like, how involved are you and what should we expect from you? Yeah, so, you know, no more beat reporter stuff. Q, as you know, I, you know, I covered the Raiders for a couple of years at the Las Vegas Review Journal. Yep. You know, went, went to the OC Register, LA Daily News to cover the Chargers and the Rams. But now it's pretty much a, a national job. I got I to gotta keep tabs on 32 teams. That nice. should be different. Uh, there's, there's a lot of news going on. Obviously, today, you know, hiring coaches for the Colts and the Cardinals. So things like that, just keeping an eye on a potential story that people want to read about. And so mainly features, you know, analysis. Like today, I, I dropped a story on, on landing spots for Derek Carr. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it was pretty cool because that's, that's where I started as a beer reporter covering the Raiders and I think it was 2017-2018, the first year that I covered Derek Carr. Uh, he was an MVP candidate, so it's, uh, things have changed since then. But, uh, yeah, pretty much a full uh, NFL landscape, features analysis, you know, some stuff for uh, for the magazine. And, and whenever that happens, man, to see my name <laughs> Um, the magazine or even a cover story is going to be pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome, man. We're so happy for you, and I know you've been on a journey and you've been grinding, and, and you know, that's what it's all about, man. No matter if it's, uh, you know, writing, if it's radio, if it's TV, it's always about the grind. And when you do get to where you're trying to get to, it always feels a whole lot better. So you mentioned Derek Carr. You mentioned uh, landing spots for him. Where where was a couple of locations that you think would be good spots for D.C.? Yeah, so the, the tricky part, Q, was like, you know, you know, which ones are is he reportedly going to? Which teams have for real interest? Or is it my kind of opinion of, of what I think is a good fit for Derek Carr? So uh, it was more of the latter, what I thought would be a good fit for Derek Carr in terms of money. Uh, there's a reason it didn't work out for the Saints because, you know, the salary cap was an issue and then the trade was a part of it too. Uh, uh, roster-wise, you want to go with playmakers and then also coaching philosophy and a good fit, uh, winning coaches. I try to, you know, pretend to get in the mind of uh, Derek Carr, and I just kept going back to the the Colts and and the Jets because uh, the roster is pretty nice. I know I know the Colts had a pretty bad season, you know, four win season, but you know to be protected by Quentin Nelson and throw to you know Michael Pittman, have a running game with Jonathan Taylor, and then Shane Sykin, what he did with, with the Eagles. Shane Sykin went to UNLV, by the way. Yep. Uh, so you know, like things like I feel like, like a lot of teams for Derek Carr. So to narrow it down to five, that was a problem. I really like the Commanders. Uh, you know, I left out teams like the Saints and the Panthers. So uh, I also like the Falcons because of salary cap. You get some money there, and you get to play with Drake London and uh, Kyle Pitts. So uh, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens with uh, Derek Carr. Uh, but he has a head start uh, before the free agency frenzy. Yeah, he does. He's got a month. <laughs> He's got a month head start over the rest of the free agents that are still under contract with their current team as the new league year starts on March 15th. Gilberto Manzano, SI Now, uh, Monday Morning Quarterback, is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920. DeMond's got one for you. Yeah, I still wanted to ask you about the piece that you put about Derek Carr his top landing spots, the New York Jets being number one, and the New York Jets, they're also in the Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes, hypothetically. We don't know officially what he wants to do, but who do you think would be the odds-on favorite, you know, you have in the Vegas Ties to land, would to land in New York? Would it be Carr or Rogers? Well, the, the tricky part is you're Derek Carr. Like you got to accept the fact that you're probably the number two option because if you're, you're asking, hey, is it Aaron Rodgers or Derek Carr? I think most people would say Aaron Rodgers. But then the, the good thing on Derek Carr's side, he are, he's already a free agent, and oh, it won't cost you, cost you any draft capital. You don't mm-hmm. have to trade for Derek Carr. So 
Uh, if you're the Jets and you're seeing how well you did in, in terms of the draft last year with, with Brees Hall and Sauce Gardner and Garrett Wilson, and you're saying, hey, let's keep these picks and keep drafting, and all we need is a guy like Derek Carr so to, to you, know, you know, obviously he's more than a game manager, he gets a little more, but imagine Derek Carr on that Jets squad this past year. I don't think they lose six games in a row. They definitely go to the playoffs and end that streak. So uh, if you're the Jets, you're probably asking yourself, yeah, don't give up the draft capital, go and get Derek Carr. So that could be a very beneficial but if you're Derek Carr and the Jets are waiting for Aaron Rodgers are you okay with being number two uh I don't see that happening because there's so many other suitors out there uh like I mentioned the commanders maybe even the Texans uh maybe the Saints come back and revisit so a lot of options but I think in terms of fit salary cap coaching philosophy a good defense as well the Jets just make a lot of sense what makes a lot of sense for the Raiders in your opinion now that they have that big hole at the quarterback position (laughs) yeah that's the tricky part because uh, maybe they get into that bidding war with Aaron Rodgers. You, you see the whole Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers, you know, throwing signs at each other from me from far away, from the Pro Bowl to a golfing tournament, whatever it is. Uh, but it's just the, the the capital. How much are you willing to trade for Aaron Rodgers? That that to me feels like like if you're going all in and you want to make a splash as Aaron Rodgers. But maybe at some point you say, hey, give it a try with a rookie quarterback. You know, you went with Derek Carr for nine years. And we saw what happened in, in, for the for the, the three out of the four uh, quarterbacks in the, in the championship weekend. They're on rookie contracts. Jalen Hurts, Brock Purdy, Joe Burrow. Maybe you want some salary cap flexibility, and you go for a rookie. The, the tough part about a rookie, you got to find a good one uh, to make it work. But if you you want to go all in and get Aaron Rodgers, uh, that'll probably be the best way for me because uh, yeah, Tom Brady retired. Uh, I don't think you go for Jimmy G or Baker Mayfield. So uh, I think all eyes point to Aaron Rodgers, and then Plan B. Uh, make sure you get somebody in the draft. If you get someone in the draft, say you get one of the, the big names, the, the rookies that are going to be the first-round picks, the weapons that the Raiders have, does that make it easier of a transition for that rookie into the NFL, or do you think it's still a struggle because, well, the NFL is not college? Yeah, definitely. And it, it depends if you keep Josh Jacobs, too. Like, that's a balanced attack. Uh, makes it so much easier for, for a quarterback, a young quarterback. But you have Devontae Adams. That makes your life so much easier. Uh, we don't know about Darren Waller. We don't know about Hunter Renfro's future, but it could be a different, you know, you know, you know, roster come 2023. But uh, you know, Josh McDaniels did, did a nice job with Mac Jones that his rookie year. So you know, it could definitely be a good spot for a rookie there. But it depends, you know, you know where where the Raiders are. Can they get somebody that that's worth going for? Like like last year, there were some guys that you know the Steelers weren't Steelers went for Kenny Pickett, but a lot of teams say, hey, you know what, we're not going to reach for a quarterback here. Uh, and we'll go elsewhere. So I think for the Raiders, where they are, do you trade up? Do you hope somebody falls to you? Uh, but I, like I always say, if somebody you really like, you go make an effort, or you just hope it comes to you. <laughs> when it comes to the quarterbacks in this draft, is there somebody that you really like? Uh, I, I definitely, you know, the, the issue with Bryce Young, obviously he's going to be a top four pick, and uh, he might not be around for the Raiders, but uh, the size is a problem. But this guy, you know, ha- has all the traits of the passer. Uh, you know, you want a bigger guy. Uh, there's definitely options. Like I know the Kentucky guy, there's some some question marks there, but he does have the size there. Uh, but a lot of people said maybe just wait for a year for Caleb Williams. So uh, there's definitely a lot of options there. But you never know when you can find a quarterback. We saw with the 49ers and Bob Purdy, uh, the seventh round there. So uh, I think at this point you just trust your your scouting department. If you like a guy in the second round, third round, go ahead and do it. Uh, but as we see in the trend now, you know a lot of people are going for the rookie contract. I know that people talk about the rookie contract and how it is so valuable, but when it comes to trading up and the assets that you would have to give away, do you think it would be smart? Let's say if the Raiders are in love with Bryce Young, do you think that's a smart decision, If you, even if you are in love with them, to trade away capital to move up in the draft? 
Yeah, you know, I always say if you're going to trade up and, and, and lose capital, you do it for a quarterback, especially a quarterback that you like. Uh, you know, we saw it recently with uh, with the 49ers and Trey Lance, and Trey Lance hasn't, you know, proven himself yet, but it worked out because of Brock Purdy. So uh, you never know what happens in the NFL, and if you're going to trade up for a guy you really like, I say you do it uh, for a quarterback or even an edge rusher, too. That's another big important uh, position. But, you know, with this Raiders team, like, are, are you are you saying, hey, you know what, keep the, the draft capital and rebuild that defense because that was an issue there. Uh, from the defense, and then you don't know what's going to... Maybe you get some picks with, with Waller or Renfro, and that's enough to move up. So uh, when you have Devontae Adams, and and that's your starting point, you think things come easier when it comes to draft. Oh, it's good stuff right there. Final question for you. How about the AFC West? I mean, obviously you've covered it uh, like a glove for multiple reasons, covering the Raiders, covering the Chargers. What are your thoughts on the AFC West? Kellen Moore is now with the Chargers as the offensive coordinator. That should help out Justin Herbert. And and, uh, Sean Payton is now in Denver with Russell Wilson. That should help him out as well. Depending on who the quarterback for the Silver and Black is going to be, how competitive do you think this division will be next year? Yeah, remember Q last offseason where we were all expecting a, a fourteen race and yes. things don't change with the Chiefs there. Right, uh, but they're trying to again reload. I think Kellen Moore is big for Justin Herbert, and, and it sucks for Herbert having to learn a new office again. You know, he did a lot in Oregon, doing a lot with the Chargers, but he's a smart guy. Oh, he gets the hang of it, and I, I like the Kellen Moore hire. I know uh, there are some issues issues with the Cowboys and, and in terms of time management, but me, it's more a Mike McCarthy thing. But, you know, this this Cowboys team with Kellen Moore was the top team in scoring in 2021. And the best thing for me that I saw from Kellen Moore, he he evolved as a play caller. He said, you know what, uh, we're done with forcing the ball with Dak Prescott. Tony Paul, you're the guy. Uh, when a coach could evolve like that, uh, I think that's a big sign. So especially for Justin Herbert uh, in that running game, they need to have a balance attack because say you had a better running game in Jacksonville, you'd probably win that game and you're not blowing away a 27-0 point lead. So, I like the Kellen Moore hire, and in terms of Sean Payton, that's an interesting one because, like, if you're Sean Payton, you're probably watching the tape and you're thinking, okay, I could work with Russell Wilson, but because I don't know what happened to Russell Wilson, not just last year, even the the last year in Seattle, he, his game was really fell off. So, uh, for Sean Payton to take that job, either he said, you know what, I could work with this, I could fix it, or he's saying, you know what, let's make it, let's try to get rid of Russell Wilson, try again, uh, let's, let's change the whole roster here and, and start from 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 scratch. So. I don't know what I'm seeing with Sean Payton there, but uh, you know we know that Broncos organizations turn tend to turn it around pretty quickly uh, uh, when it comes to them. Yeah, well, good luck trying to get rid of that uh, that contract of Russell Wilson's. <laughs> that contract <laughs> yeah. extension is insane. Well, again, uh, NFL staff writer SI now Monday morning quarterback Gilberto Manzano with us here. Congratulations on the new job, man. We're really proud of you. We know you've been grinding. I know you got the piece out on Derek Carr. What else you got coming out that we should be on the lookout for? Yeah, I think I'm going to be focusing on the quarterbacks, probably Jimmy G uh, piece, Aaron Rodgers piece, and definitely some combine stories. So I'll be out there and in the uh, checking out the prospects. Uh, and it's going to be kind of a grind. Uh, prospects of 32 teams uh, should be interesting. Yeah, and I'm expecting us to be out there as well. So uh, if we don't catch up to you before then, we'll definitely see you out there in Indy. Thank you, guys. Appreciate the love and support. No doubt, no doubt. Again, congratulations. That's fantastic, man. A guy that's been grinding. I always like to see when people grind and get to where they want to be, and uh, he's been definitely doing that. As he mentioned, man, started out uh, uh, here in, in Vegas at the RJ doing work. I mean, started out well before that, but was covering the Raiders with the RJ. He's covered the Chargers, covered the Rams. Now he's covering everything national. He's at the big stage now. So we got to get him right now because, you know, he hit the big stage. He might be like, well, Q, you know, just – 
Got to go to the publicist. Yeah, I'm really busy. Yeah, yeah. Can you can you hit me? Can you can you send this email over here to see if you're cool? I always tell the story of MJ Acosta, who's great people. Great, great people. I remember when MJ was barely covering the Niners and the Raiders locally, and I met her in Atlanta at the Super Bowl. Matter of fact, it was opening night, and I did an interview with her that night. Uh, and so we kind of stayed in touch. She listened to the podcast all the time, and, you know, we just whatever. And she was a guest on the podcast all the time. Just saw her last week. And she was telling me, you would not believe how crazy swamped I am compared to like when we first met in Atlanta. I was like, oh no, <laughs> I know. <laughs> Things change quick, fast, in a hurry. Now, I mean, she's going here, there, and there, there. And Andrew Howard, who's fantastic, always helps us out a lot, getting guests for us and, and different NFL network uh, personalities. I mean, it's just, it's a, it's a whole to do now. But that's what happens when you continue to cl- climb the ladder, climb the ladder, climb the ladder. All of a sudden, uh, the person that was so accessible not too long ago, now it's like, well. <laughs> I may be able to squeeze in a few minutes for you, but uh, we always appreciate that and definitely appreciate Gilbert for giving him us giving us a few minutes of his time this afternoon. Speaking of time, 419 is the time. We'll come back, take some calls and texts, and then Omar Ruiz, speaking of the NFL Network, he'll join us at 430. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. It's Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Got a text from Raider Richie from Arizona on our don'tbebroke.com text line. Hey, Q. Rogers to Raiders will compete the cycle now that my sons have KD. Hopefully my straight my state treated you good. Raider Richie from Arizona. Yeah, the state was fine. Restaurants, not so much. Especially the restaurant that we walked into and thought Kevin Hart was with me. AKA Damon. Unbelievable. Pretty funny though. Made for a good time. At least I got a good laugh out of it. Juan the Smasher, you're up. What's on your mind, brother? Welcome to the show. What's up, Q? What's going on? I'm chilling, man. I'm chilling. I know that's right. <laughs> hey, Q, I'm going to tell you what. When this Super Bowl gets here in Vegas, it's going to be cracking. And you tell all your homies that need a, a, a couch, I'll rent it to them. You know what I'm saying? I'm not even tripping. <laughs> and to answer your question, Q, I'm going to say C.J. Stroud with all those rookie QBs. If we could get him, if Rodgers doesn't come, let us get C.J. Stroud. Hey, you guys have a good day. Let's go, baby. Let's go, Raiders. Boom. There it is. Fast and furious. I like that. Juan the Smasher. You don't want to tell all the homies that you're going to rent on your couch, man, because they might all try to go. I'm just saying, man. I, I got a lot of friends that are going to want a lot of couch time. Kalani in Vegas, you're up next. What's on your mind, brother? Man, look, when it comes to these rookie quarterbacks, none of these top guys are worth taking at the number seven pick. Too okay. many question marks, and there's a big, big chance that two of them, Young and Stroud, don't pan out the next level. But a caller did mention one from Tennessee, and he's been mentioned on the show before. Hayden Hooker. Now, I know he's coming up on retirement. He's got two kids already in the NFL. I get it. But you give him a year to sit down, he's the type of quarterback who is part of that new wave of quarterbacks who got the arm strength, the athleticism, and the mobility to make plays with his legs. Let's say we go and sit him for a year. Hayden gets Ari. With that number seven pick, we could get Jerry Porter Jr. at corner, or we go ahead and get the wide receiver, Trey Down Waller. Now we got Adams, a rookie wide receiver who's a beast, Renfro, a quarterback in the wings rating. That's a high-powered offense going forward. So none of these guys I would take at number seven, but I definitely would take a guy later in there to see what you can develop and then go forward with that. I like it. I like it. Great call right there. And, yeah, I'm a, I'm a fan of Joey Porter Jr., you know, I always believe DBs win games, so I'm 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 all about it, right? He seems like he's one of the best, along with Gonzalez. He's another one that looks like he's going to be a really good defensive back moving forward, so I'm excited about him as well. So that's another direction that you could go. You could say, hey, you know what? None of these quarterbacks in the top uh, top 10 are worth the salt. 
And that's not worth that number seven overall pick. I respect that. Kalani, thanks for the call. Jacob at Fresno, representing the 559. You're up. What's on your mind? Hey, Q. How are we doing, Daman? Chilling, man. Chilling. Uh, I, I was just sitting there thinking to myself, you know, uh, you know, have you guys watched that Bullies of Baltimore yet? Or I don't, I don't know if it's aired. Yeah, it aired, it aired last week. Yep. Yep. And honestly, I, I got to go with trying to strengthen up your defense as much as possible. I know that everybody wants the QB and everybody wants the, but if you have a top flight lights out defense with a decent QB, you know, think about it. That's what San Francisco kind of did this year. I don't know if Brock Brock Purdy was quote unquote elite, but he did enough to help them win games. And that defense was lights out. I think you kind of go that route. That route. And I even have a, a crazy suggestion. Why don't we trade our number seven pick back and pick up more picks? Really strengthen up our O line and our defense. That's definitely a possibility. That's that's a possibility, Jacob. Thanks for the call, my man. Appreciate you. We're going fast and furious, but yeah, trade him back. You trade back and continue to build the team. And you're right. Brock Purdy had a strong defense in San Francisco and a really good run game, and that's what really helped them get where they are. And of course, when he had to throw the ball and make some plays, he did. He had the ability to do that. Unfortunately for him, in the NFC Championship game, he tore his UCL, and now he's going to be out for a while. So uh, that sucks for him. That looked like that was going to be a really good story. One more quick call. We'll go out to the 408. Robert, San Jose, welcome to the show. Uh, Thanks for taking my call, Q. I have to uh, agree with uh, the last guy. Quarterback is uh, not to be taken at number seven. There's not one that's worth the number seven pick. Defense, it wins championships, and football is one off on the line of scrimmage. What do you think of Calais Campbell as a free agent, and what do you think of the quarterback from Fresno State, Hayner, in maybe the fourth round? Okay. Hey, thank you for the call. I appreciate you. I did see Calais Campbell saying he wanted to play in Super Bowl 58. He tweeted that out. So Calais Campbell's a dude. I know he's a lot older. He would be a a short-term fix. But, man, you get a guy like that. He's a pro's pro. That guy can get it done. And not only that, not only can he get it done, he can also teach the other cats around him. I mean, that guy, I wanted the Raiders to go get him a couple years ago. (laughs) <laughs> when he was available, when when Baltimore traded a, a, a bag of peanuts for him, basically, right? I mean, they gave up pretty much nothing to go get him. And, man, that, that guy, he could play. If you could put him, and if you could add uh, Calais Campbell and a Deron Payne to that defensive line, phew, bruh, you're cooking with grease now. One thing I'll say about that second part of his call, Jake Hayner. Now, me watching him carve up UNLV, I can say, hey, man, he looks like he's going to be a stud. But you look at all of the intangibles and you say, hey, man, this guy plays the quarterback position in college like he's an Aaron Rodgers. But maybe like when he comes to the pro level, it'll probably translate to more of a Colt McCoy where you could look at the ceiling, but then what, what is yeah. he actually going to be? Probably a solid career backup. So if you want to say that, hey, maybe the Raiders take a flyer on him in the sixth or seventh round, sure, why not? But I don't think he's going to be the answer of the future, even well, if you do I'll, try to build I'll him up. I'll say this, and I think he's a good quarterback. Uh, I think he's going to have somewhere to, you know, some kind of residency in the NFL, which is fine. Uh, I, I always wondered, and I said this on my podcast, and people took it the wrong way, like I was dogging him because he went to Fresno State. I wasn't. But I know that Derek Carr went to Fresno State, so I don't know if people would just, uh, you know, immediately say, oh, no, no more Fresno State quarterbacks. You know what I mean? Because that's what people do. And that's all I was trying to trying to say. And people were trying to rip me. Oh, now you got a problem with Fresno State. I was like, no. Not at all. Too good for Fresno, huh? Not, apparently. <laughs> My son was born in Fresno, but I'm too good for him. <laughs> no, but that's, you know, and, and, and the example I use is when I was in Texas and the Texans had the number one overall pick and they were they needed a quarterback. And I suggested Derek Carr to my buddy Zach, who was a big Texans fan. He said, oh, no more cars. Well, what David did in, in Houston had nothing to do with Derek. 
But just because they associated the names with each other, they're like, oh, no, I'm good. Just like people don't like, don't want Houston defensive backs because of DJ Hayden. Like, oh, no, no more of that. Or Ohio State, even better. Yeah, someone earlier today said they wouldn't touch C.J. Stroud with a 50-foot pole. Right, exactly, exactly. Or Ohio State uh, cornerbacks because of Damon Arnett and uh, Garyon Conley, right? I mean, sometimes, not saying it's right, people associate former players with certain teams or relatives or whatever and say, oh, no, not not again. One's bitten, twice shy. Not going to do it. 431's the time. Omar Ruiz from the NFL Network joins us next. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. A lot of quarterback talk on today's show. Don'tBeBroke.com text line. Why is everyone forgetting Jimmy G and his injury history? Yeah, he wins, but Q, what's the best ability? And that is always availability, according to many, including myself. Join us now on the phone lines is our good friend from the NFL Network, Omar Ruiz. You can find him on Twitter, at Omar D. Ruiz. And Omar, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. It was great catching up with you in Arizona on Radio Row. And wanted to have you back on following the Super Bowl just to get your thoughts on Super Bowl 57, what you saw from the Chiefs' 38-35 victory over the Eagles, and the way it all shook out. Yeah, it was a pretty awesome game. A thrilling conclusion of the 2022 season, and I think not just in Super Bowl 57, but the way Patrick Mahomes had to deal with that ankle injury through the entire playoff run, obviously was hurt early on in their first uh, postseason game this season, was truly remarkable and kind of etched, you know, himself, you know, as a legend of the game, as crazy as that sounds, just five years as a starter, go to three Super Bowls, win two, and win with that adversity like this, and not just with the adversity of specifically this postseason, but the way they turn over the roster, the way they got buy-in from new guys like Justin Reed and Juju Smith-Schuster and all those rookies that contributed. They had Isaiah Pacheco, Sky Moore, two rookies scored touchdowns in the game. They had Kadarius Tony, who was a cast-off from New York. <laughs> they found a way to get him involved. The, the special teams contribution he made, them scoring on defense with Nick Bolton. It was a complete team effort, and from my vantage point, as good as Mahomes is, as good as he's going to be, because he's probably still going to get better as he now approaches that year 28 in the prime window of, of his career as, as the, the physical gifts will now be matched by the sort of mental and the experience that he's you know acquired over the last five years. And they have all those rookies that we just mentioned <clears throat> contributing all those rookie contracts. It's, it's a pretty remarkable run, and the Chiefs are set up for a long time to have uh, big-time success. And then um, you know, on the other side, the Eagles, Jalen Hurts was phenomenal. Uh, the big question was coming into the year, you know, can Jalen Hurts become a superstar? I think we talked about that last week. And, and if he did, the Eagles would be Super Bowl contenders. Well, that's what happened. Jalen Hurts became a superstar. And then, you know, somebody like in his stage who, who's, you know, just coming on at every juncture of a season, every juncture of a big game, it's, well, can he respond here? Can he respond there? So at every point, you know, can he win in the NFC championship game against the number one? Uh, defense, and of course he did that, but oh, 49ers didn't have a quarterback, so can he do it against Mahomes? And, and statistically, uh, he outplayed uh, Mahomes in that game with you know the, the, the offensive numbers he put up. Now, you can point to the fumble and say that ultimately cost him the game, right? and you know that's, that's a different thing, but, uh, but he showed up in a big way. I think he answered every question to be the Philadelphia Eagles franchise quarterback going forward and, and get the bag this offseason, but it's been um, a, a fun run, a fun Super Bowl, and you know those are a few of my thoughts there. 
Yeah, no, it was. It was fantastic. I hate the fact that, you know, that fumble happened with Jalen because he did. He had a hell of a game. And I've been a fan of Jalen since he was at Alabama. Big fan when he went to Oklahoma. And I love what he's doing in Philadelphia. And I know that the the holding call at the end, I know that was the correct call. But how unfortunate was it and kind of anticlimactic that the game ended the way it did with that holding call, basically sealing the deal for Kansas City? Yeah, it was terrible. I mean, I, I agree with you. It was a horrible way for the game to end, but it was the right way. Uh, for it to end. That was the right call. And uh, the thing I sort of, you know, draw a con- uh, parallel to was the push out of bounds on Mahomes in the AFC Championship game, where that was a horrible way to end the game. And I think even Chiefs fans, I mean, maybe Chiefs fans, they don't care how they win the game. You know, they're, they're just going to the Super Bowl at that point. But, you know, just as football fans, for him to be pushed like that out of bounds, get the 15 yards, easy field goal, that was a horrible way to win. But it was the right call. It was so egregious, so obvious. You have to make that call, and I think it was the same thing um, in this call in the holding on James Bradbury. He even admitted it and just said he hoped he would get away with it, but uh, but obviously, you know, on the replays, I mean, he was tugging his jersey, and that that's a call, <laughs> right? You know, a hundred times out of a hundred times, and and when it's not called, it's not I think because the refs are letting him play; it's because they missed it when a, when a hold like that is gotten away with. And uh, Bradbury thought, you know, and and you know that's that's how some of those DBs, you know, their their coach, hey, you know, try force the officials to make the call because, you know, it's not they're going to call it every time. They're just not going to catch you every time. And, and that time he got caught, it was the right call. And, yes, a disappointing way to end considering how great the game was otherwise. But um, but it was the right call in my opinion. Right call, wrong time. <laughs> right, James Bradbury. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> hey, well, hey, and give Bradbury credit and give Jalen Hurts credit yeah. for holding up to their mistakes and, and holding that accountability together. And that was kind of a theme the whole year for the Eagles and just how close that locker room was and their total buy-in to the connectivity that Nick Sirianni was selling. And, and that was, you know, never more evident than after the game with the way those guys owned up to their mistakes and, you know, vowed to be better and, and, and all that. I, I thought that was, uh, you know, evident of, you know, how – you know, together they were, the accountability by them kind of owning up the way they did. NFL Network's Omar Ruiz joins us here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. Go ahead, Demond. Before I ask my question, guys, we've been talking about Radio Row and how fun it was. Me and Omar Ruiz in person, i got to let everybody know, surprisingly tall. You see him on TV? You don't think so, but it's just, wow. <laughs> well, that's what, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know why people think I'm kind of shorter, but yeah, I'm a, I'm a pretty big dude. And... Uh, and you know, uh, and we, as we joked, as we joked there, you were surprisingly short. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but, hey, I'll tell you what, hey, you're slow. You're, you're putting in that time at the gym. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, but yeah, with the is. Chiefs, two out of four years, you know, winning the Super Bowl. Is it too early, or maybe they haven't done enough to start talking dynasty? I think they need one more to win. You know, to be a dynasty. I mean, right now they're they're great, and and uh, I don't think there's any reason to think that they won't eventually win. I think, you know, maybe you win one in the next two years. I think, um, you know, what we saw Tom Brady do, you know, he won three and five at one point, and he won three and four early in his career. I mean, that, that, that's a difficult thing to do, mm-hmm. but I think, you know, if, if, if the Chiefs did it next year, it would be three and five. Uh, even if they did do it two years from now, that would be three and six. Or even if they did it a couple years from now, as long as it's kind of Kelsey Mahomes, Andy Reid, so they're in, the, in let's say it's three and seven. I would still consider them a dynasty because you figure they're still going to be making deep playoff runs, and you just figure in today's NFL everything is geared toward parity and salary cap and all that. For them to defy that and be so consistently good, it, it is like 
those Patriots dynasty teams, and and uh, I think they're on the cusp. I don't think they're there yet, but they are on the cusp. And we talked about this a little bit yesterday, but I don't want to make it seem like the gap is so wide between the Chiefs and the rest of the league, but what do you think other teams need to do to maybe try to match them when it comes to beating them in the playoff one single-elimination type games? I, I don't know. you know that, that, And that's why I was so bullish on them earlier in saying that you know, I don't see this team slowing down anytime soon because, you know, they won with rookies, those secondary, you know, the DBs that were back there that, you know, they were rookies and the way they responded against Jamar Chase and, and Boyd and Higgins in, in the AFC Championship game, and they're only going to be better next year. And Brett Veach in the front office there, they have those salary caps based because of those rookie contracts to deal with now. I mean, I don't know. And then, and then the thing that we always go back to when you talk about slowing down a quarterback or stopping a juggernaut like Mahomes is you got to put pressure on the quarterback. You got to you got to make him uncomfortable. That was the entire Eagles season with this record-setting pass rush, and they're five away from setting the all-time record in terms of sacks, and they didn't get a single one right. with Mahomes and his bad legs. So, in terms of closing that gap, I don't know because you know not only this was the year to get them. Obviously, the Bengals got them last year. And, and don't, don't forget, they were up 21-3 to three in that game, so it's mm-hmm. not like you know, Bengals blew them out or whatever. The Chiefs were still leading. I thought this was the year to get them as they turned over that roster. Tyreek Hill gone. What's their identity going to be? And not only did they you know, seem like they didn't miss a beat, but they won the whole dang thing. So I'm not sure what other teams have to do. Uh, get themselves in Mahomes. Other than that, you know, it, it's going to be a tough ask for anybody to catch the Chiefs. Yeah, I, I think at this point... You just hope you, you get a, a good team like the Bengals, you know, or, or like the Bills, like they've acquired, you know, enough talent to go toe to toe with the Chiefs. And then you got to figure in the playoffs, it's one game, one game only. You catch them on a bad day, and and, and you get Mahomes on a day where he's off. And it, as good as Tom Brady was and Bill Belichick, they still lost three Super Bowls. Yep. You know, so you know you, you can't get them on a good day. And just like Mahomes, they, they've already lost a Super Bowl. They had a couple of tackles banged up um, in that Tampa Bay Super Bowl. And, uh, and, and, and Tampa Bay certainly took advantage, and they lost that one. So it's going to take probably something like that. You catch a few breaks and everything. But as far as you know, philosophically or building a roster and all that, it's going to be hard to catch them uh, here in the next few years. Well, the Eagles lost Super Bowl 57, but today they lost two of their coordinators. Shane Steichen, he's going to the Colts. He's the head coach there. And Jonathan Gannon, the defensive coordinator, is the head man now in Arizona. How bad is that for Philly trying to obviously pick up where they left off in Super Bowl 57 and come back the next year? And we all know there's always a Super Bowl hangover. Yeah, I'll say there's a, it's a bigger concern for me on defense because you know on offense, I think Lane Johnson and Jason Kelsey are coming back. Jalen Hurts proved to be, you know, one of the great leaders in all the NFL. Forget, forget young players and just, you know, the tremendous leadership he showed. Sirianni obviously comes from the offensive side of the ball. They have a great quarterbacks coach, and Brian Johnson used to play at Utah, and you know, has been a successful uh, assistant coach everywhere he's been. He seems to be the heir apparent and offensive coordinator. So I think the offense, given a Hurts connection with Devontae Smith this year and AJ Brown and the rest of that crew, Miles Sanders and that deep running running back room, I think they'll be fine. But on defense, losing Gannon there, um, there doesn't seem to be like an heir apparent ready to go to, to take his place. And then you talk about Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham, the pillars of that side of the football, um, you know, probably on their way out. You know, obviously remains to be seen how the offseason unfolds, but they're kind of at the tail end of their careers. And um, I'm not so, so sure how ready they are to kind of bounce back and, and, and play as well as they did this season. 
Omar, before we let you go, we found out today officially something we already knew that Derek Carr was going to be released by the Silver and Black. That happened a little earlier today. They have a big void in the quarterback position now. Uh, one, where do you think Derek Carr ends up playing? How big of a market do you think he's going to have for, uh, for this upcoming season? And then two, what do the Raiders do? Where, what direction do they go to fill that void? Well, I think, number one for the Raiders, I think, I think they, they go young. and I think they draft a quarterback and get somebody McDaniels, you know, feels like he can mold. Um, into, you know, a, a great NFL quarterback. I think you look at his track record of success, it's Tom Brady. Well, Tom Brady's retired. He's not coming in. Uh, and then his other, you know, uh, remarkable year was taking Mac Jones, a rookie quarterback, uh, into a playoff quarterback. And so maybe you get somebody who can get a fresh start, somebody who, who uh, he can mold into a playoff-type quarterback and, and, and go from there. As far as where Derek ends up, I think there will be a good market for him. The fact that he didn't, uh, you know, Opts to be traded, you know, suggests to me that, that him and his agent have done their homework. There will be teams with competitive offers out there. And you look at the, you know, uh, the New Yorks, the New Orleans of the worlds where those connections are natural. I saw Sauce Gardner already tweeted at him like, hey, remember we talked at the Pro Bowl, you know, and, you know, say, saying those eyes at him. And, you know, Tennessee might have quarterback questions. And, and uh, yeah, so there's all kinds of different, you know, avenues that Derek Carr can go. But I think He'll explore all of them because otherwise the Saints, given his connection with uh, Dennis Allen, given the fact that New Orleans still has a competitive roster, the defense is still a pretty strong defense as, as old, as, you know, I don't want to say old, but, you know, they are getting older with some of their, their key players, but it's still a, a quarterback away from a winning football team, I think. Uh, I think he, there are a lot of teams out there that will reach for Derek Carr's services otherwise. I think he would have went to New Orleans if that wasn't the case. Well, I'll tell you what. It's going to be an interesting offseason, and it's officially underway. <laughs> now that the Super Bowl's wrapped up and everything is said and done, uh, the offseason is only going to get hot and heavy. Omar, fantastic stuff. Uh, what are you working on with the NFL Network that we should be on the lookout for? Uh, vacation time, baby. Nice. And then, after that, and then after that, so I get back from vacation like 5 p.m. on Monday the 27th, and then I got a red-eye to Indy for the Combine, so uh, – uh, you know, recharge, refresh, and then let's do it all over again. Well, we'll see you in Indy. <laughs> we'll see you in Indy, my man. Uh, looking forward to it. Enjoy vacation. Uh, say hello to the family. Take care of them. Take care of yourself. We'll see you soon. Okay, sounds good, fellas. Always great to be with you. Talk to you later. All right, brother. There he goes. Omar Ruiz from the NFL Network. Fantastic work. At Omar D. Ruiz on Twitter and with us here on Raider Nation Radio 920. 446 is the time. We'll take a quick break. Come back. Close out the show just like that. It's Raider Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Going to close out the show strong. It's been a very fun show. Had some great guests. John McClain, GalleriesSports.com, Sports Radio 610 in Houston. Mick Akers from the RJ. Gilbert Manzano, SI Now, Monday Morning Quarterback. And we just heard from Omar Ruiz from the NFL Network. Fantastic stuff. And looking at my list of names here, also heard from plenty of folks Represent Raider Nation. Tons of text messages on our don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R. And, of course, the phone number 702-365-9200. It's been a day that, well, everyone expected. Everyone knew at some point the day would come when Derek Carr officially gets released. The Raiders put out a statement earlier today from uh, head coach Joshua Daniels and Dave Ziegler. We have a lot of respect for Derek Carr and what he has meant to the Raiders organization for the last nine years. 
Derek has done great things in the league, and, we thank, and we're thankful to have been able to work with him this past year. He's a true professional. We appreciate his hard work in striving to produce the results we all desire. We wish Derek and his family all the best in the future. Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler. Short, sweet, to the point. Just like that, nothing major. Let's go out to the phone lines at 702-365-9200. Talk to Jay in L.A. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Thank you. Thanks for having me here. I love your radio show. Listen, uh, I just wanted to go ahead and kind of like mention, there's a lot of already Raider fans that have kind of like mentioned, you know, the number uh, number seven draft, you know, uh, for this coming year. It, it Really, it, we're kind of like trying to reach for a shiny object. And if we actually, we need to go ahead and kind of like really solidify our defense. We have been on the bottom, bottom pole, okay, of the NFL for, I mean, since 2008. I mean, our defense has been just, we have not focused at all whatsoever. You can't mention to me, outside of Max Crosby, another pro bowler that can actually, you know, really, you know, outstand, outshine uh, on that defense. That defense is just, you know, uh, like, uh, you got to go ahead. It's like you're trying to go ahead and and put uh, wings on a pig. And we have to go ahead and kind of like focus, especially also on the offensive side. I actually, I like Steady, and from what I saw from him, you know, especially during the preseason, and then the last two games, I mean, we do have a quarterback that we can actually kind of like plug in there and see what he can actually do. So we don't have to go ahead and kind of like panic, and then plus we have enough, you know, to, to draft and build around. So, and if he's not the answer, we are able to go ahead and kind of like look a little bit more towards the future. But we just can't kind of like be reaching out and all of a sudden, all of a sudden think that we're, we're going to go ahead and get back into the playoffs. We're going to go ahead and get back to the Super Bowl. There's no, I mean, you cannot tell me that this team is built to go ahead and kind of like make that kind of run. And I just got to go ahead and be sincere. It's not. I mean, as, as hard, as painful, as dear that team is to me, I mean, I've been loyal to to the bone with the with the Raiders. But there there has to be a continuity. Plus at the same time the culture. It has to be a little bit more solidified. And then it's it's still I want to go ahead and see what our general manager is going to go ahead and kinda of like do in terms of draft and McDaniels trying to go ahead and kinda of like get this team back to the promised land because right now the per- the team that we're looking at and it's in our own division is the Kansas City Chiefs. And if we want to go ahead and kind of like model and be able to go ahead and be something to be consistent year in and year out, to go ahead and kind of like say, hey, we got a team that's able to go ahead and kind of like consist with any other team in the NFL and also Kansas City, we have to go ahead and have a culture set up. And we really don't. We haven't had something like that in what, you know, forever. So I'm just hoping that really, you know, I'm hoping that this coming year, Things are going to go ahead and change, but it's only, you know, we're, we're going to go ahead and see. And I just don't want to go ahead and deal with, you know, OPT with other people's trash and be able to go ahead and kind of like set it up, you know, with the Raiders. That's not what's going to go ahead and happen. It's not going to be plug and play, you know, as much as I like Rodgers, as much as I like uh, some of the others. We got to go ahead and have somebody that has some continuity with this team. And if we don't, we're going to go ahead and fail. All right, good stuff, man. Appreciate the call. I'll tell you, when he said OPT, I thought he said OPP, and I was about to go naughty by nature. You down with OPP? Yeah, you know me. You down with OPP? Yeah, you know me. But then I thought about it. It's Valentine's Day. It's probably not the day to be shouting out OPP. I'm just saying. Every last home is. <laughs> 
break it down for me. Okay, don't break it down for me. Let's go back out to the phone lines real quick. Don't have a lot of time, but Passionate Raider, close us out strong. What's up, Doc? What's up, guys? What's up, guys? Hey, man, that last caller was funny, man. He was right on point with everything he said. But to my point, Q, this has been a long day coming. It's been a happy day. It's been a bittersweet day because the happiness is finally we got something we can move forward with and, 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 and not blame no more and keep hearing the same name. But what I am upset about, Q, is all this, it doesn't matter what we do, what these coaches do, what anyone does. We see what the standard is. We see what these teams have done who have become dominant year in and year out. Even if they're not winning Super Bowls, they're getting the playoffs, they're getting deep in the playoffs, and they're playing defense. The Raiders have, like that caller, a whole culture change. Everything has to change. And right now, what I don't like seeing is we really kind of let Derek go and didn't get nothing in return. I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing on Josh and Dave. I don't know. But it doesn't smell right and it doesn't taste right. So we're going to have to swallow this big pill again and move forward and figure out what we're going to do with the quarterback, what we're going to do with the defense. But it's all going to have to come back to that defense cue. Do not. Do not take a quarterback at number seven. There's nobody up there good enough at quarterback number seven. Either trade back and get some more or figure it out. Because right now, we're in another offseason, and we don't even got a quarterback. (laughs) All right. Hey, good stuff. Way to close us out strong. And I'll say this. The Raiders didn't get any draft capital in return for Derek Carr, but they got $29 million in salary cap space with the release of Derek Carr. So that puts them at around $50 million in salary cap space. That will help them do what? Improve the team defensively, offensively, maybe resign Josh Jacobs. There's going to be a lot of different things that they do with that 29 point something million dollars. Again, around 50 million total dollars. So uh, the sun will come up tomorrow. The Raiders are going to be on their search for the quarterback position as they have been. Of course, we'll talk about it. The draft is going to be coming up. The combine is going to be coming up. Free agency is going to come up. I mean, a lot of things are going to happen and we'll be here to talk about it on Raider Nation Radio 920. For DeMond Cotton, I'm your boy Kiel. We'll be back tomorrow. Appreciate y'all.